0: This is episode 52 with Esther Bloom. Esther is an integrative dietitian and high performing coach. She has helped thousands of women permanently balance hormones and lose stubborn belly fat by treating the root cause of their health struggles. Esther is a best selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous. Secrets of Gorgeous, an Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice while she provides 360 360 degrees of... Healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. Esther believes that diet and supplementation are a foundation to healing, but treating the whole person is paramount. You guys are going to love today's episode with Esther. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envisioned for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. All right. Welcome, Esther Blum. I'm so excited to have you here and to be talking about um, hormones and weight loss and all of those things. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Yeah, I appreciate it. So for the listeners, give everybody just a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and what you specialize in.
1: So, I am a functional medicine dietitian, which means that I have a bachelor's and a master's in clinical nutrition. I worked in hospitals for five years in cardiology units, but saw everything from AIDS to diabetes to liver failure, um, heart disease. And then, after about five years, said, you know what, I'm really not making an impact on people with 10 minutes of diet instruction before they're discharged from the hospital. And I never see them again. So uh, I went and got certified in functional medicine. I left the hospital. I worked for an integrative doctor and we did incredible work. We actually worked with autistic children. Um, We changed their gut function. We changed their brain function. But also I worked with a lot of people who had autoimmune conditions and people with just kind of these chronic mystery illnesses that didn't fall within the traditional medicine paradigm. Um, And I really learned how to apply, you know, alternative diet therapies that you don't learn as a clinical dietitian and how how to use supplements. And now I do testing in my own practice. So I'm able to really help people achieve optimal health. Most people are told, you know, their labs are normal. They're sent home, even though they don't feel normal, they don't feel well, but nothing shows up on the lab. So they're sent home with, uh, you know, no diagnosis or tools to actually heal and feel better. So what I do is close the gap and help, you know, A, liaise with people's doctors, but B, do functional medicine testing, followed by dietary and supplement prescriptions and protocols and or hormone and medication recommendations. They have to be done with the doctor when needed so that people can sleep through the night, have energy, not have brain fog, resolve hot flashes and menopausal symptoms, have better endurance have a happier mood, digest their food better, absorb their nutrients, you know, all of that is on the other side of the work we do together. And also things like putting autoimmune conditions into remission. You know, there's so much you can do. There's so much healing that the body can do when you give it the right tools. So I try to really educate and empower people so they have the tools to heal.
0: Yeah, I love this. And I just want to echo everything you said. This is exactly what I talk to my clients about, you know, and I, I'm sure you have gotten this working with autoimmune conditions. You know, people will say, can I ever be healed from this? And I'm like, well, you can't be healed, but you can go into remission, right? You can no longer suffer from the symptoms that are affecting the quality of life that you are currently experiencing. So I love that. Um, Let's just dive in. What are some of the first steps that someone needs to take to balance out their hormones? Mm. The big pieces I tackle first are actually
1: lifestyle. Um, We need to go on a blue light diet, okay? That means the technology in the evening has to go away. My favorite time of night is about 745. My phone goes click, goes off. I shut it off for the night. I leave it on the first floor. My bedroom's on the second floor, So, no phones near the head. If you have to sleep with the phone on for emergency purposes, keep it at least 10 feet from the bed, but ideally no blue light in the bed. Um, You know, this includes iPads and phones and technology. You know, there's these crazy things called alarm clocks. You don't need your phone as an alarm clock. You can get just (laughs) a battery operated alarm clock at the drugstore for 10 bucks. So, that emits no light at night and no radio frequencies. So, Get the technology out of the bedroom. Okay. Next in line, you know, caffeine and alcohol, really big hormone disruptors. They can affect your cortisol levels, they can affect your the quality of your sleep, the depth of your sleep, right? And you may be thinking, why are you telling me this before you even talk about food? Because You've got to start with the foundations of like sleep is a really big foundation. I could almost argue it's more important than food, but because I'm a dietitian, I can't. But <laughs> they're really they're like fully integrated in your healing plan. So you got to make sure that you get to bed at a reasonable hour. Your body does the most growth hormone production between 10 a.m. and uh, 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Or if you're a night shift worker, it's 10 10 a.m. to Between 10 and two on either side, morning (laughs) or night. Okay. So um, that is, is extremely restorative and helps with weight loss and building muscle, all the good things. Then diet for balancing hormones. You know, you want a diet that is made from real food, right? Just eat real food. So that means the outer aisles of the grocery store. So protein um, should be a major component of that. And most of us are eating adequate protein, but as women, we're not eating optimal protein. Especially as we go through menopause, you uh, really need to optimize your amount of protein that you're eating. This is the amount you should be eating is one gram per pound of your ideal body weight. So let's say you your ideal body weight is one hundred and fifty. Right, you need 150 grams of protein and you divide that by seven grams per ounce, and that's like 21 ounces of protein a day. So it's over a pound. So that means you need about four to five ounces of protein four times a day, or six ounces of protein and a couple snacks at okay. meal, you know. But at the end of the day, if you get enough protein, you're going to stabilize your blood sugar, you're going to improve your mental focus, you're going to definitely improve your hormones. And your hormone balance. Why is this? Because once your ovaries stop producing all that estrogen and progesterone, your adrenals are going to start sputtering and be like, "I wait, I still have more over here, guys. I have some leftovers. And so what happens is if you're not getting enough protein, your adrenals are going to feel really fatigued, especially if you're doing a lot of cardio, spin classes, you know, running, you feel really depleted. So protein is very important for hormone management, getting your cortisol, blood sugar under control, um, and will help with your energy a lot. So protein is really important. Um, You want slow release carbs. Okay. So veggies, obviously they're mostly water. They really don't have an effect on your blood sugar or your hormones, um, but you want to get foods rich in nutrients. So sweet potatoes, you can have white potatoes, especially in the summer when you make potato salad, white potatoes, once they're cooked and cooled, are very high in resistant starch. So they take a longer time to break down. Um, you could do rice, you can do non-GMO, you know, farmed corn. You could do uh, uh, winter squashes, beans and legumes, if, if you tolerate them, if they're not too high in lectins for you. And same with potatoes, if they're not too high in lectins um but all of those uh are very nutrient rich if you are enjoying carbs and then uh of course fats make a huge impact on your inflammation and your hormone balance so uh coconut oil butter if you tolerate dairy olive oil olives avocados raw nuts and seeds all of those are really really nutritious and will help you. They'll help fight inflammation. They'll help keep your skin supple and soft. They help balance your cravings and your appetite. So all of those are really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to g- jump back to the optimum protein really quickly. And what are your thoughts or beliefs around the the quality of meat. I'll put it that way. Is that important or not?
1: Yeah. You know, it's not only important for people, it's also actually important for the environment. Um, You know, pastured cows uh, are really a great way to capture carbon emissions because you picture, right, picture a, a farm with cows roaming freely in pasture and they're dropping manure in the fields, and then they're stomping that manure down into the soil that captures carbon emissions. So the output for farm-raised animals of carbon emissions is quite low, and they often graze on um, crop areas that are not used for farmland anyway. So it's a much more efficient way um, to raise animals. But from a health perspective, yes, I mean, grass-fed meats the, the quality of the fat in the meat is much higher, does have omega-3s in it. Um, you're not, uh, you know, getting as much inflammation in your food, basically, because you're not only what you're eating, but you're eating what the animal's eating. So it's really important. And then of course, if you are a seafood lover, the way I am, You know, I buy there's a company I love. I don't receive compensation, um, but it's called Vital Choice. They package wild Alaskan seafood. It's sustainable. It's very clean, low mercury um, seafood. And the taste is amazing. It's what seafood should taste like. It's not farmed. It's wild. It's gamey. It's delicious.
0: Yes. Well, and you can tell a difference in the color of it, too right? Like once you (laughs) start eating good quality seafood, you know, Alaskan salmon or something, you're like, Oh, this is a different color. You know, it's just more vibrant in its color. And you can not only taste it, but you can see that difference as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, we went to the grocery store recently, like we had a picnic to go to for a school function. And we were like, Oh, let's just grab some sushi right on the fly. And we looked And I said, that doesn't even like, it looks like candy almost like just the colors and the quality of the fish were really off. And I was like, no, we're not eating that guys. And we pivoted and got some pate instead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, there's a lot more nutrition in this. And I just got some salads and we just called it a day, but yeah, it wasn't good.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for, for covering that and that. For me, meat is really one of the big things that I like to stress Um, for people choosing to do that if you can't afford to go completely organic or completely grass fed or, you know, whatever, choosing good quality meats because it is such a staple. Um, anyways, so how do, how does someone know if the hormones are way out of whack and what are some of those signs and symptoms? Well, first of all, I test
1: because I'm a dietitian, not a magician. So I do, I do, uh, have my clients do a Dutch test and I test their gut function as well, because if your gut function is not optimized, you can keep recycling your estrogen in your gut and not excreting it. If you're very constipated, you can be. Uh, holding on to a lot of excess estrogen. Um, And then of course the Dutch test tells me your production and your detoxification of hormones. So it's really important to test for accuracy, but you may be feeling symptoms long before you seek help and that leads you to seek help. So, uh, you know, very heavy bleeding. um, Clotting is another sign of estrogen dominance, lots of breast tenderness, can be estrogen dominance. Or if you're having hot flashes, you can be very estrogen deficient. Brain fog can be a sign of estrogen deficiency as well. Insomnia could be a progesterone and estrogen deficiency because progesterone makes GABA. That's that very calming neurotransmitter um, that really facilitates good sleep. So Think of it as this, if you're having like almost PMS symptoms all the time (laughs) and you're having vaginal dryness, that could be estrogen deficiency, you know, all of those can tell me that your hormones are um, declining or shifting. And, you know, sometimes it is due to a lot of stress, right? If you're not menopausal, but you notice like your sleep really stinks and your periods are awful and your, your moods are awful, you know. Stress is a huge driver of a progesterone crash. So if you've been really, really stressed, you, know, you can have really bad periods and your sleep can be affected by it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So when you, so you do the Dutch testing, is that mandatory for everybody that you work with or? Yeah,
1: mandatory. I do gut and hormone testing. I actually don't even see people until their testing is done. Okay. Because I want them to walk in the door with a, a North star for their treatment plan. So instead of me, it takes all the guesswork out of my supplements and I have them do extensive blood panels too. So I can then take a lot of information and boil it down to what's happening, how are we going to fix it, what's the diet you need, how many grams of protein, fat, and carbs do you need to hit your uh, optimal body weight or just feel better, right? Not everyone comes to me needing to lose weight. Maybe they want to change body composition. Maybe they just want to you know, get their menopause symptoms under control. Um, So we work on diet and customizing that. And then I will also put together a supplement regime um, based on the test results. And for years, I mean, I didn't have the tools to run or uh, interpret tests. So as I've practiced, the longer I have practiced, I've developed the tools to do this. And it really makes a difference in the quality of life. So, you know, I have someone who comes to me just in absolute tears because she hasn't slept. And I do work with men, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're not sleeping. You're trying to meet if you have a job, you're trying to work. If you have a family, you're trying to take care of your family or you're just trying to function and you're doing it on very poor quality sleep. So then you have more coffee. Then, you know, you you get through your workout, but then by 3 p.m. you totally crash. And then by 6 p.m. your energy picks up and you're wired at 10 and can't fall back asleep. And the whole cycle starts again and then... When you do fall asleep, you're hot flashing and then no interest in sex anymore because your libido stinks or you're, you know, you're having vaginal dryness or like breast tenderness. You don't want anyone touching you. So yeah. I, that's the average profile of the woman who comes to me and often a lot of weight gain or, you know, some reflux, just a real digestive sluggishness going on. So then, you know, we change the diet we cut out the blue light at night. We modify or eliminate caffeine. And that alone like starts the ball rolling. Or people like, okay, my sleep is definitely better. It's still not perfect, but I'm noticing I wake up less. I, wake, I instead wake up three times a night, maybe I'm waking up one to two. Okay. So that's a good start, right? And then we start loading up on anti-inflammatory foods and really nutrient rich foods and cleaning out, you know, more inflammatory foods, maybe gluten's a problem, maybe dairy's a problem. We really do some good elimination diets to pinpoint the problem foods. And then um, people start feeling even better. And they're like, wow, my bloating's cleared up and my pants are a little looser. And you know what? I, I woke up rested. So I had a better workout. And then we'll layer in, you know, Hormones, if needed, hormone replacement, see if somebody is a candidate for hormone replacement or just hormone supporting nutrients and adrenal support. And then, you know, people are like, oh my God, they'll go from hot flashing to no hot flashes. They will, you know, just have a much better quality of life. Libido improves. And once estrogen is stable, then the weight really comes off after that. So the good news is, ladies, if you're going through this, There is an end to it. It's not forever, but the goal, my goal for my people is to give them the highest quality of life possible before, during, and after the transition into menopause.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have to touch on this because I feel like sometimes as practitioners, we want to gloss over libido and not because we want to gloss over it. We know that it's an issue, but what I see happen with my clients, not that like a lot of my clients are going through menopause with thyroid, but a lot of them start having low libido, which then is impacting their relationship with their spouse. They start growing apart. They start having different interests. Then they're getting, you know, these divorces after being married for 30 years. And everybody's like, I thought you guys had a great relationship, you know, and it's that lack of intimacy And I mean, I don't, in my opinion, you don't fall out of love with someone after 30 years of being married to them, unless there's, you know, other things that have been happening for a long time. But, you know, that intimacy and that libido is just so important for the connection of your relationships. So,
1: well, absolutely. And so, and, and listen, as a woman, I can totally relate to this, right? If you've had massive changes in your body and you've gained 20 to 40 pounds, you're not, you know. Uh, most women, I'd be lying if I didn't say it wouldn't happen to me too. Like you, you lose the confidence in your body. You're covering up more. You don't want to make love without a shirt on, or you know, lights a a off. <laughs> and I always remind my women, I'm like, ladies, men do not care. No man has ever turned a woman down for having cellulite or you know a little extra tummy fat. It's not a big deal. And so you really. Um, libido isn't just about the physical urge. It's also about the emotional connection. And whether or not you feel like you want to get in bed and get busy, you know, still dating each other, keeping the romance alive, um, connecting, going on walks together, doing activities together that you enjoy, really connecting on a friend level, scheduling time away from kids, you know, traveling like harder in COVID, but even doing, an yeah. you know, overnight once or twice a year, getting family to watch your kids, you know, those pieces are really important. And, you know, once you stop dating your spouse, that I think is when you lose a lot of the intimacy. So it's really important to, and I, by dating, I don't mean you've got to go spend time, and money on fancy restaurants. You could go to, on a walk or a hike together. To yeah. me, running errands together can be romantic if you make it that way, or yeah. let's go get a coffee together, you know, or decaffeinated coffee of course. <laughs> yeah but, yeah <laughs> i said that i'm like no but metaphorically you know just a tea maybe together, a herbal tea on a <laughs> yeah, right exactly you know just do something fun go to a museum look at art together you know do something different mix it up yeah. that's i think where because the the sex keeps you going when the friendship's down and the friendship keeps you going when the sex is down so gotta have a good foundation and it, it takes time I mean I think you everyone goes through their ups and downs in marriage
0: yeah
1: so yeah absolutely hold on that that's a skill it's a muscle you gotta develop be like oh right this is how we
0: started let's bring some of that back in you know? Yeah, absolutely. So how is balancing someone's hormones a way? Like how does that affect thyroid hormones and thyroid health? Mm. Well, it's definitely linked to, you know,
1: the better off your hormones are right. Uh, if your estrogen and progesterone are optimized, that's going to also optimize your cortisol patterns, which will also support much better thyroid function. So, and again, Think about, I'm sure you talk about this, uh, you know, or talked about this with other guests, like the thyroid is in your throat chakra. Yep. So, so much of thyroid health is really about speaking your truth. And that means getting your needs met. It means saying no to a lot of things and setting really good boundaries around your health. The people I have found with the greatest, um, you know, uh, challenges around trauma, for example, how often have uh, Hashimoto's or autoimmune condition or sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Right. And I look at their cortisol patterns on the Dutch and like their cortisol is just really low. It can't get it up. Okay. So that means maybe your thyroid medication won't work as well as it should. Or you could be blowing through it by three in the afternoon and then feeling really sluggish and tired. So, to me, the best way in to support your thyroid is by balancing your stress, which balances your hormones, which supports your thyroid and your adrenals in particular. You know, they're not. Uh, they're not sisters, your adrenal and your thyroid, but they're definitely best friends. And so if your thyroid is not functioning optimally, or you're taking thyroid medication and still feeling exhausted and see no improvement in energy, that's a great, that's kind of a red light going on. off that means, okay, it's a warning light, right? I better support my adrenals too. And mm-hmm. Um, if not, your energy will really, really suffer on the back end. so you've got to give to give thyroid medication without adrenal support or without testing your adrenals, I should say um you're omitting a big piece of the picture in your healing and your energy, your mental focus, all those things,
0: yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think you covered you touched on something really important when we're dealing with thyroid, we see a lot of that trauma, right? Not being able to say what we need to say. So is there, I mean, besides balancing hormones, balancing cortisol levels, dealing with that stress management, is there something or a technique or, you know, what do you recommend that someone does in a situation like that? Okay.
1: So on, I have a YouTube channel, Esther Blum, um, E-S-T-H-E-R. I have an interview with myself and Dr. Don Wood. So he is, uh, he created the Inspire Performance Institute. He is a trauma specialist. He's a psychologist and he works with people who have had their legs blown off in the Boston Marathon or were addicted to crystal meth and just suddenly were able to stop. Um, He reversed his own daughter's Crohn's disease. He didn't realize she was being sexually abused by a neighbor, if you can believe it. Oh my um, as a child and all of a sudden developed Crohn's or it was either Crohn's or colitis. Um, and he, once he figured it out, dealt with the trauma, she never had a flare up again. So um, traumas, and he helped me tremendously too, um, with uh, some trauma I went through too. So once you, so you should absolutely work with someone. Now, some people believe in therapy for that. Do You need to do what works for you. I'm not someone who has a lot of patience or time necessarily. (laughs) That's why I went to Dr. Wood. I spent like four hours with him just going through a very intense session. And I listened to 30 days of meditations after that. And it's pretty good since It, it really didn't come back. So uh, I absolutely recommend finding a therapy. Some people love EMDR. Some people love tapping, uh, you know, breath work, um, talk therapy, whatever combination you find works for you, but definitely get the emotional support to clear it. Because with trauma, right, your actual reality, you're not in danger at present but your mind is still imprinted with the trauma and thinks you are. So you're permanently in this fight or flight state that can manifest itself, right? Fatigue, thyroid issues, you know, trauma uh, triggers the genes to turn on that express uh, illness for autoimmune conditions a lot of the time. So you can get your body to stop receiving those old error messages right? say, nope, it is what it was. I am actually safe now. I'm not in imminent danger. I'm not experiencing any trauma today. Yeah. And then your brain, once you get your subconscious program to realize like, oh, I'm really not in
0: trauma. Boom. It, you can clear it out. Yeah. Well, and I have found just with my clients, once they start to really address that trauma, everything like their cortisol is starting to balance out. Like all these other hormones are starting to like, even out and they're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. (laughs) You know? Um, so I love that. And
1: you feel happier because the grief you are going through every day is heartbreaking and it, you know, you, you do have the tools to heal. You really do. So you can rewire, you know, your brain has neuroplasticity and you can rewire it. And it,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's really profound. Like you say. Yeah, absolutely. So what are a few of the changes that someone can make in their life um, to start having better energy? Sleep, the blue light diet, we said,
1: uh, sleep is paramount. If you're not sleeping, it's going to be really hard to have good energy. Okay. So less caffeine. Less booze, which helps you fall asleep, but then you'll wake up with your liver trying to detox your alcohol, your cortisol shoots up, your blood sugar drops. Um, So cutting back on those lifestyle, breathing, deep breathing, right? Breathing is free. You don't have to take a pill. Just breathe with, you know, your right hand on your heart, your left hand on your belly, and you just keep coming back to your breath. And just paying it, making sure that your hand, uh, your lower belly hand is moving up and down, or you can do a guided meditation. There's so many great apps out there. Um, My favorite is Insight Timer, but there's Headspace. Insight Timer is free. There's Headspace. There's so many good ones. So breathing, having a specific bedtime ritual where uh, maybe you read half an hour. Like I'm not talking on a device. I'm actually talking about old school paper library book here. Um, reading, having dim lights, maybe putting some, some lavender oil on your hands, inhaling or putting it on your pillow. Um, I love Yogi Bedtime Tea. You could steep like three bags in a mug of uh, of hot water and, and sip at it. It's like a natural Xanax. Mm-hmm. Um, getting enough protein during the day is also really important because I'll never forget. So I wrote uh Cave Women Don't Get Fat. It's a paleo diet book for women. And when it came out, this woman emailed me. She showed me, I had never met her before, her name was Rose. She showed me her before and after pictures. Okay. And she followed the diet. She lost 25 pounds, which in and of itself was great. But to me, the greatest part was she got off of her ZQL for sleep because she regulated her blood sugar. So much of, of good quality sleep and cortisol management is. Blood sugar balance. So for some people, this sounds it's it's getting optimal protein through the day, but for other people, it's intermittent fasting because they're having so many blood sugar fluctuations that fasting can help reset insulin receptors. Now. If you have Hashimoto's, if you have a thyroid condition, you may not be a candidate for fasting, but the best way to know is trial and error. You know, I, in cave women don't get fat. I looked at about 73 studies on intermittent fasting and only 13 were done on women.
0: Yeah. But here's
1: what I know. Okay. So it's really not to me, not a ton of information, but I do know that menstruating women with thyroid conditions do far uh they they don't do as well far less well than women who are in menopause can handle fasting better because you're not getting all the monthly estrogen surges and crashes and your and your cortisol and blood sugar are more even
0: but trial and error there yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i think those are great recommendations and i think well in one of the things that i'm sure you've touched on you know, is that tryptophan, so protein turns into melatonin. So if you're getting enough adequate protein during the day and your body is able to convert it and you know all the pathways are open and whatever, then we are able to have the melatonin to help us get into that good, restful, restorative sleep in that. Um oh, go ahead.
1: Before menopause, yes.
0: Once yes. menopause
1: or perimenopause happens and your progesterone really declines, it's much harder. You're not making GABA and it's very, it's, it becomes harder for a lot of people to make melatonin. So yes. if you're perimenopausal or menopausal, you know, perimenopause, you want progesterone days 14 to 28. Again, if you test, if you're a candidate for it, that alone can really help rock out your sleep. And then once you're menopause,
0: you can take it every day and that'll really help you get your sleep back. Amazing. Good tip. Thank you. Um, Thanks. Do does someone need to completely overhaul their diet to start seeing the energy to start balancing hormones, things like that? So I recommend you add things in it's versus taking everything away. It's
1: too overwhelming. And it feels to me, you know, I don't like feeling restricted. I don't like someone telling me you can't have this and you can't have that. That is depressing. You just want to like face plant into a trough of whatever it is you're told not to eat. So, uh, you know, I try and add things in and just gently displace. Uh, and I, really, I'll ask my clients, some like, don't care. They're like, do whatever you want. I've, I'm so sick of feeling so bad. I'll do whatever it takes. Other clients are like, no, just I really want to do this very slowly and gradually. So it feels much more organic. And I get I have time to process it and take ownership of that. So I meet people where they're at, but, but again, no one has ever complained, uh, when I've said add in more protein and then they say, I actually can't eat everything that you're telling me to eat. That's a very good problem to have. So, (laughs) so, but I can tell you, you know, with autoimmune conditions, um, you know, I recommend starting just taking out grains to start and maybe some gluten. And you may not have a true gluten sensitivity, but you may have a glyphosate sensitivity, which is the you know the weed killer that is put on to crops, especially gluten-containing you know wheat things like that. And I know this because um, I've had many clients go to Europe or other countries where the crops are not GMO and chemically laden and they tolerate the food fine there. So it may not be a true gluten sensitivity, but it may be a chemical sensitivity and it's disrupting your gut function. And your gut is where your neurotransmitters are made, your small intestine. So, um, you know, definitely starting to play with grains. Um, Maybe you want to take out lectins, some beans, legumes uh again i write about this in cave women don't get fat it's a very handy resource for that and then if you still aren't feeling great and your energy's kind of sluggish then you can try omitting dairy too some people i have some people i treat with hashimoto's that can't tolerate gluten but tolerate dairy fine i have others that can tolerate legumes especially if you soak or sprout them um Soaked or sprouted grains might be tolerated better than non soaked, sprouted, or grains. So, um, rice may be tolerated in some people, but not in others. So, it's really individual. Yeah. So, take some time and play with it. But, a good if you really want to do it hardcore, but you don't want to spend all that money on food allergy testing, just take 30 days. Say, okay, I'm going to cut this out for 30 days. I'm going to reintroduce it once every four days because it takes your immune system up to four days to have a reaction to a food. There's short acting antibodies and there's, there's IgG and IgE. And so the longer acting antibodies take up to four days to like bloat up from a food you're eating. So reintroduce slowly and see how you do and fix your gut inflammation in the meantime. That's the other thing too, is, you know, some people's uh, food intolerances are, really due to gut inflammation, they're not a true intolerance. So once you heal up your gut walls and reseal those gap junctions, uh, then you can often tolerate better, you know, a greater variety of foods too.
0: Yeah. So do you recommend people start with that elimination kind of process? Or what, what do you recommend for someone like, okay, I'm listening. I hear what you're saying. Yeah where do I get started?
1: Yeah, I always start with the testing first, I will do an extensive blood hormone gut panel, right? And I see what your inflammation looks like. Do you have a leaky gut? Are you sensitive to gluten? Are you showing autoimmune markers in your gut? Are you recycling your hormones, you know, and I really start from there. And most of the time, most people do benefit from, you know, a hardcore reset and just cleaning house for a while. And that's why I think, you know, plans like Whole30 or elimination diets work so well for people, not because, you know, you need to count every gram of sugar that you've eaten in a tablespoon of ketchup, (laughs) but because, you know, you're eliminating a lot of grains and sensitive foods that cause a lot of bloating for us
0: as humans in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing is, like, just go ahead and do like a reset, right? Do a 30 day reset, kind of see where you're at, evaluate if you aren't working with a practitioner and, and doing the testing. I'm a huge fan of testing. I always say test, don't guess because (laughs) I can guess at a lot of things, but I'm probably going to be very inaccurate. I mean, like as a practitioner, after doing this for many years, I'm sure you can look at someone, look at their symptoms and kind of say, oh, we probably will see this come up or we'll probably see low cortisol or we'll probably see this based off your symptoms, but we still don't know because something else could be affecting said thing, right?
1: Yeah. And I never, I never guess or assume anymore because so often I'm wrong, What I think it yeah. can be, <laughs> me, it's often another, but the other thing I would be remiss if I didn't mention this too. Okay. Um, What I'm doing is very micro, right? I'm very laser focused on a couple different areas. Let's say you treat these things and you're still not feeling better. Then I want you to start thinking about how your body's interfacing with the environment around you, okay? Maybe you want to check your house for molds you know, think about moisture, mold exposure, mold can annihilate gut bacteria. So you may not really have a digestive problem. The digestive problem is a manifestation of an environmental problem. Okay. Get checked for Lyme. Okay. Get checked for metals, heavy metal toxicity, you know, or chronic viral issues. All of these can really disrupt um, just the normal day-to-day functioning of your body. So just know like, those are out there for you as tools if you don't get better but a lot of people get better just by and feel better just by eating a whole foods diet paying more attention to sleep less stimulation more downtime taking things off your plate you know becoming less scheduled you don't busier is not better there was a great oh I hold on I have to pull up this quote I heard yesterday on uh, Gabby Bernstein's um, podcast, which was so good. Um, Oh boy. I'll, I'll, I'll look at it. It's, it's not coming up on my text here, but this is really, uh, you know, busy is not, is absolutely
0: not better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of quotes over the years where, oh, go ahead. I I can do less and attract more. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, this summer, I was just talking to my oldest daughter. So my oldest daughter is 10 and I was telling her that summer, this summer has been the best thing that could have happened for me in my business because I realized what was taking me double the amount of time I now can squeeze in because I was almost forced into it because my kids were all home for summer. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I only have, you know, these, these, hours to work. And I was so worried at the beginning of the summer, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, when I sit down, I'm more focused. I'm able to get it done. I have a clear plan of what needs to go on instead of sometimes just looking at my screen, you know, so that's it. That's exactly it. And um, yeah, it, it makes
1: a big difference. You're better off with a lot more downtime and like having a couple really intense work days and then you're just, you're off. You're not I same thing. I was working like six or seven days a week. And now I was like, I just refuse to work weekends. Yep. Um, and I just cranked during the week and then, you know, by five
0: I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. come home, we went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, came home, <laughs> I had two days and then went on vacation again. And it was insane, awesome. but I came back after those almost two weeks off. And I was like, I had all these ideas, my brain was flowing, I was in like the in the zone, right? I got so much done after those vacations. So I love that, you know, we really can do so much more when we
1: take mm-hmm. And it's interesting, back. too. I don't know if, if you feel this way. But like, I feel like also in those early morning hours, like when I'm sort of in a, a dream and awake state somewhere in between, I find that's when my mind like really solves a lot of problems and I'll wake up and immediately I have a notepad next to my bed. I like jot down. I'm like, my mind is just sorting through or uh, same thing, get a good brain idea. Um, when you're, When your brain is calm and not on a device or not overstimulated Then the creativity flows and yeah, mine happens at night. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I
0: I keep a a pen, paper, you know, a notepad by my bed, same kind of thing. When it comes to me, when I'm and it drives me nuts because I'm like dozing (laughs) off, I'm ready, like I'm so comfortable. And it's like, boom, I got this idea for a post (laughs) or a podcast or something. And I'm like, man, you know, and I used to get up and like go put it on my computer. And then same kind of thing. I'm like, okay, put it on, like, you don't have to get out of bed, you know, just roll over, write it down. And then, then it's out of my head and then I can go to bed or in the shower. That's, that's another.
1: (laughs) Shower and driving. So yeah, take advantage of those times, people. That's,
0: that's a creative flow state for sure. Yeah. Yep. And just to kind of touch on that, like turn off the radio sometimes you know, allow yourself that white noise or that white space, I should say. Yes. And that that's the other time when
1: my ideas come to me is walking in the morning. So um, and it's quiet, right? I hear bird song. If I I do listen to podcasts sometimes. And then the other times I just carry my phone with me because that's when I get a lot of ideas and just will text myself.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Um is there any last nuggets that you would love to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, I got a couple
0: of things. Um
1: first of all, there's really nothing in you that can't be healed when given the right or put into remission when given the right tools to do so. So just remember that. Don't give up hope on yourself. Um don't you know, you're resourceful. You're listening to this podcast, so you're resourceful and you have resources. So good on you there. Um number 2, if you want to follow me, I'm on social media at gorgeous Esther is my Instagram handle. I have a YouTube channel. I have um, a website and I have a, a giveaway um, on my site or on Instagram. If you uh, put your email in on estherblum.com, you get a free video training. It's three days on how to crush your cravings, and. Uh, it's really going to help you get your sugar cravings under control, no matter where you are in your level of hormones or thyroid function. And last but not least for four of your people, Shannon, I've opened up my calendar to, uh, offer just a 30 minute consultation where people can strategize on a certain health issue that they're having or a struggle. And we talk and they leave with three customized strategies that will get the needle moving. And you go to estherblum.com forward slash call C-A-L-L.
0: Perfect. And all of these links, you guys will be in the show notes. So you guys can grab those um, really quick and easy. Thank you, Esther, for being on. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate you. We'll see you guys in the next. Hey girl, I wanted to tell you about some of my most favorite cleaning products. The brand name is Branch Basics. I love them because they are plant and mineral based. They are an all-in-one cleaning product system, meaning they have the same concentration is used for your bathroom, your all-purpose cleaner, your windows, your laundry soap, your hand soap, only additional product you need is their oxygen booster for your laundry. This has brightened our whites and cleaned our colors without fading the colors. If you want to jump on board and take out those endocrine disruptors that you're using from your cleaning products and your laundry soap, jump over to Branch Basics and use the link bit.ly backslash Branch basic premium to save $10 off your first order. The best part of all of this is how affordable they have made these products. To get started with everything including the wool dryer balls, the laundry soap, all of the things that you need is under $100 including shipping. It is a phenomenal deal and then you can save $10 on top of that. Start switching out those products and go check out Branch Basics. Wait before you go!
1: Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode.
0: Leave us a review and share on Instagram, and please tag us. We love your reviews! Pretty please!